We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of the world. You guys hear that? Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and I am really glad that you're here, and I'm really glad to be here. If you guys follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you'll see that I usually post pictures of myself with a big beard, and well, that big beard is no more. I decided last night that I was going to trim it up a little bit, and the trimming just never stopped, and I wound up walking out of the bathroom with no beard at all. And so it's a big change for me, but I'll probably grow it back soon. But uh, definitely my face is a little chillier than it was yesterday. If you have any interest in checking those pictures out, go ahead and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have an encounter you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and email me, theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach me at the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well. Tonight I have a great show coming up. Nate comes on to share some experiences that he's had as a kid in England, and then his family moved to Canada where he had more experiences. So without any further delay, let's bring on Nate. Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on, Nathan. He actually contacted me a while back, and I know it seems like I'm saying that every week now. Somebody contacted me a while back, but it's true. It just it takes a while to get through these emails. Nathan, how are you, man? Good, good. It's good to be with you, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, it's great to have you on. I know we connected quite a few times, actually. We've been texting each other and emailing. Yeah, and... you know what? So- something's just come up. I'm going to have to cancel. <laughs> I'm, well, just, I'm just kidding. Well, you know, we can just reschedule like uh, the last two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyways, yeah, good to be here and uh, excited to chat with you. Absolutely, man. Now, the English accent might throw people off, but you're actually in Canada, right? I am. I'm in uh, Ontario. I've been here for nearly 20 years, coming into 20 years. So, gotcha. yeah, Great White North. Cool, man. So, speaking of England, you actually, your all your stories kind of happened in Canada, except for the first thing that happened to you was actually in England when you were a kid. Um, it was you saw a UFO, and then you came over to you know Canada, 
and you had quite a few experiences over here. So, you know, let's start off with the UFO encounter in England and stuff. What happened there? How old were you? Absolutely. Um, I was about 12 to 13 and, um, we, uh, we lived in the Southwest of England. Uh, Devon is the, the county that we lived in and we, my, our backyard, we were on a rural, rural, uh, street, maybe with a, a dozen properties on it and a tight little community. And, but all around us was countryside and our backyard, uh, we had the just rolling hills, as you can imagine, you know, your typical British countryside scene. And, uh, all the fields were free range for us to go running around in as kids. And, and, uh, all, all the friends would, all the kids on the street would meet up after school and figure out what we're going to do, go build a tree house or play football or what have you. But one evening I was by my own on my own. And, um, we had, uh, out the back of our, our house was a farmer's field. And uh, I can't remember exactly what I was doing or why I was out there take, taking the dog for a walk, most likely. And um, I don't know if any of your listeners or you yourself are familiar with the, the moors, like Dartmoor, you know, the big uh, boulderous rocks formations that um, crop up uh, across England. And Dartmoor is uh, like, it's kind of like a provincial park, if you, if you want to call it that. And... Dartmoor is just off in the distance, maybe about 30 or 40 kilometers away from where uh, we used to live. And you could see it in the distance from our house and beautiful view. And this particular evening, I was out in the field and just appreciating it was probably mid-August, mid September. And I was, I'm pretty sure I was walking the dog or just hanging out by myself in the field. And I would say... Uh, it was, you know, late, late afternoon, early evening, um, those golden sunshine kind of evenings where, you know, you just savor it, you know, it's nice fresh air and looks beautiful out and all the colors are lit up in the sky and just loving it. Right. And, um, I was just looking across the, 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 the landscape and over top of the moorlands, like the big rock formations, and maybe your listeners can Google it, YouTube it, Google it, the Dartmoor, uh, you'll see what I'm trying to explain. And I, I could see hovering in the sky, it's just a little dot, little pink, orange colored, looked like a Skittle almost, or like a tennis ball. And it was, it was, it looked like a, a bright little dot. And I, I couldn't tell, I didn't have any perspective as to how big it was versus how far away it might have been. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at it and thinking, it's pretty odd. There's like absolutely no air traffic where we happen to live. Uh, Very, very little air traffic. And if there was air traffic, it was really high up and, you know, cross country kind of traffic, right? And so I'm looking at it and thinking, this is a bit out of place. Um, and it's not really moving and it's kind of like bright, shiny, orangey kind of color and staring at it, standing there, trying to figure out what it was. And suddenly like with a click of your fingers, it moved from one end of the sky skyline to the other. And 
it well when I say the other one, other end to the one end to the another, it went from as far away as I was looking at it to being just off to an angle above above my head and up through these huge pine trees that we had um, that lined the back of our property. I mean, with a f- click of the fingers. Wow. So do you think it was an intelligent thing that knew you were watching it, the way it reacted? That, you know, that's what came to mind. And I've had years to think about it. And, I mean, the speed that it moved, it, it was not of this earth, that's for sure. And the fact that um, where it stopped was amongst these big pine trees. I'm not going to say directly above me, but it it was close enough above me. And again, I couldn't tell the the size of whatever this thing was, uh, whether it was the size of a football football field 10 miles up or the size of a tennis ball right above the, the tree line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the sense. fact, the fact, yeah, the fact that it stopped right above and kind of wobbled around, and I'm just, I'm just stood there, just looking at it, like I'm not even processing it really. I'm just baffled. And again, it wobbled around in the trees, and I tried to shuffle, shuffle my like line of sight through the trees to to follow it and look at it a bit more. And again, just as fast as it came, boom, click, and I saw it just zip in the same direction it was traveling just continued onwards in the straight line it was wild wild wow so and yeah go ahead i was just going to ask you you know based off of that experience and i'm sure you've looked into it a little bit you know what do you think where do you think it came from what do you think it could have been do you think it was something that you know was built by a government or do you think it was something more extraterrestrial or interdimensional what are your thoughts yeah well getting into getting into my beliefs and my backgrounds uh, helps helps me to depict and figure out what i think it is my belief is that um these things are interdimensional um that all of this of this world when they want to be and not of this world also at the same time, it can come in and out of our dimension. And I think they're, uh, uh, supernatural. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, we, we label it UFOs. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it's spiritual and I think it's supernatural. Okay. So let me, let me tell you, uh, I, I don't mean to cut you off there, but, um, I did hear just today somebody's story about a UFO, and this lady saw one up close, a UFO up close, and it had like, I guess some kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but I guess like, just for lack of better words, it had a windshield, and she could actually, she was so close to it, she could see inside, and she saw mm-hmm. non-human entities inside, and wow, it like... I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty, it, it was, you know, it was a very brief story that I heard, but from what I heard, it was pretty detailed. And I was like, wow, it just kind of gets you thinking and makes you wonder, are we experiencing, when we see UFOs, are we experiencing the same type of thing every time or is it different? 
you know are are, are there things mm-hmm. that we we look at and we're like oh that's a ufo but is it the same kind of ufo that you know your neighbor saw 20 years ago or is it something totally different mm-hmm. that just kind of looks similar you know what i mean yeah and like you and i have talked briefly beforehand and and um you, you, is it okay to explain everything that i think these things are sure i guess so. absolutely i mean the, the show's yours you you speak your mind yeah. whatever so growing up in 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 um a christian household um learning a lot about the uh some of the things that a lot of churches and a lot of people don't get into um, that exist, as far as I'm concerned, the supernatural, uh, the demonic realm, um, ghosts and spirits and things like this, you know, and understanding the way in which Satan uh, has has manipulated um, his hand and manipulated people into leading them astray and uh, fooling. I mean, he's the master of the deception. That's, that's his aim. And, you know, my belief is this is, this is another set of deception, another, another a way to manifest in the physical realm and fool people, uh, trick people. How it, goodness, how uh, the demonic uh, apparitions that appear, and that's what I believe they are. I believe the demonic-based, um, how they manifest and uh, deceive us. Like from a scientific level, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand that, but I, I know that I believe they can. And again, I mean, people will say, well, how does that? How does that work with uh, you know the U.S. government and governments around the world uh, figuring out alien technology and and, and 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 creating their own technology based from this? I, I don't know how that works, but um, uh, I believe back to your question. I think that these things are age old, and I think they are all the same. And I think uh, I think different uh, manifestations are just a product of their imagination, the Satan's uh, imagination to deceive uh, with new images, new shapes, new colors, new manifestations all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know I listen to tons of podcasts and YouTube videos while I'm driving the truck and everything. And I hear just so many different ideas and thoughts and opinions as to uh what these things are and it really all boils down to you know bottom line is it's literally a ufo unidentified flying object and yeah we all have our our different thoughts and opinions and theologies and and all that jazz and we that that's what we build our lives off of you know and yeah and that's fine you know and it's just one of those things where everybody's going to have a little bit of a different opinion on things. And I don't want you to feel like you can't share, you share your opinion on the show. That's what we're here for. So you're no, definitely, no, absolutely. definitely, uh, right on track with, um, all that stuff. Right on. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was that experience. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds very interesting. I, I've had, uh, I've had a similar experience when I was a kid growing up that my mom reminded me of, uh, not too long ago. And, 
I've been spending some time thinking about it and stuff. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, huh, that was a little odd. So (laughs) maybe one of these days I'll share it, but I don't think I'll share it today. (laughs) I don't. Um, Wait for that one. So, okay. um, You guys hop on a plane and you fly to Canada to start living in Canada. Um, Actually, we will we'll get back on the plane. We'll go back for a little bit. How about that? Sounds good. Let's I do it. We, that, that, that was another. Um, this was more of a <laughs> a, a, a creepy um, encounter that I had whilst living at that house, um, uh, but where I saw the UFO. Okay, yeah, that the, the property there was uh, an old house um, in a little village, and. Um, so I was probably around the same age and I was, uh, I was having a hard time, uh, sleeping at night. I, I was, I was, I was going through periods and it was on and off, but I was going through periods of waking up and here you go. Everyone's waiting for it. Waiting, waking up at three o'clock on the nose without any prompting, any, any noises, any, anything. It's something just, I just sat up, you know, just wake up, you know, and look at my clock. It's a fraction before three o'clock. It's right on three o'clock, really close. And, you know, the events that would take place after that sometimes would be stranger and louder and more different than others. Other nights it would just be wake up and go back to sleep. Um, but, a couple different times we had, I had some pretty creepy experiences with, um, well, this, in the, where the house was situated on our property, we had a little concrete walkway. Uh, and you imagine small little British cottage with you know, small little walkways and hedgerows and things like that. Overgrown hedgerows is pretty, um, pretty tight little walkway along the side of this house. And, um, halfway up the side of the house was my bedroom window. And right outside my window, there's a little gate that was spring loaded uh, along this walkway. And it would, you know, you'd click the, the clicker thing up, swing it open, carry on walking. It would shut behind you. One of those. And one particular night woke up at three o'clock and, uh, these experiences waking up at three, I'd usually have a, 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 a feeling of, of fear, overwhelming fear. And, you know, I'm thinking, I don't really have anything to be scared of. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared of anything in particular. I'm not somebody, uh, a kid that made things up. Um, but these overwhelming feelings, like, it's like you can't stop them. They just control you, you know? And this particular night, I uh, woke up at three and I'm just paralyzed, paralyzed to the point where I can barely breathe. And I'm locked in my bed with the covers up to my, <clears throat> up to my chin. And I hear footsteps like, you know, like clock, 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 up the garden path outside the window. And I hear this gate. And you know, when you live in a house and you just know every, every noise that it makes, uh, you know, when you, your mom's come home or, you know, when somebody's doing something in a certain room in the house, cause you, you've heard all those sounds throughout the house a hundred times, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, 
I could tell that that was somebody or something walking up this garden path. Sure enough, it gets to the gate, and I hear the clicker go. I hear the gate spring back and close, and then a couple more steps and stops. And then I just hear this knock, 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 knock on my on my bedroom window. And I'm, you know, you can imagine, I'm just, I'm just paralyzed with fear, freaking out. And I, you know, it's not even to the point where I can scream for a parent to come in. I'm, you know, I'm that, that terrified, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I don't remember really how it resolved on that, that particular night. I, I think I was probably so terrified that I put my fingers in my ears and waited it waited for it to stop, which it did uh after about ten ten fifteen seconds and um and then she cried myself to sleep probably but um that happened uh that happened a couple of times actually so that exact situation happened a couple of times where you wake up and you're and you're not you know feeling too hot and uh I guess you, you're paralyzed and then you hear the footsteps and then a knocking on your, your window. Yeah. You've heard that several times. That, I heard that several times. And I, I told my, I did tell my parents, <clears throat> I think I told my parents once and we did have like this big, we had this big bush outside that went along the walkway and it had, it grew these big red berries. Okay. Like, I think it's native to England, this, this bush. And they said all the wind was probably blowing and hit the berries against the window. But you know, when you know, you know what you heard, you know what happened. You can't explain the footsteps or the gate banging open, let alone the knocking on the window. And um, so what I decided to do is I actually, I took my Bible out. I had it like a youth Bible. And I just decided I'm going to try and get this to stop by myself. Um, my parents didn't seem too convinced with what was going on. <clears throat> so one night I actually, I just, before I went to bed, I, and before I pulled my curtains shut, I leaned my Bible against the window and then shut the curtains. And I guess it works because I, I, I don't remember too many more experiences like that. Wow. Okay. We work hard at being healthier. What? And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. I mean, I, I just, I'm fascinated by this idea that you, you repeatedly heard something walking up to your window. How high up were the windows on the house or the cottage, I should say? Uh, like waist height, you know. Reasonably, <clears throat> I mean, if, if it wasn't paranormal, it, somebody could have walked up to the window and, and banged on it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A- anybody could have. And, uh, but the, the, it does take another turn. The story does take another turn. 
If uh, you want me to continue? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. I mean, because I'm so, sitting here and I'm thinking, you you're know, baffled. Yeah, yeah, because well, it's like if it was just hearing somebody walking up to the window, you know, going through the gate, banging on it, you could say, okay, well, some neighbor's being a drunk idiot. But then when you're waking up with this paralyzed feeling, then you hear that, and then all mm-hmm. that happens, it adds a whole another level to it. And now you're gonna, yeah. you know, give us another layer. <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing to remember, like this, this street that I lived on, there was maybe 12 houses and you know, everybody knew everybody and it was tight, tight knit. There was no, there was, there wasn't even that one family that was kind of sketchy, you know, that everybody was pretty, we used to have street parties where we close off the whole street and everybody would come together and, you know, have barbecues and whatever. We were a tight group. So it definitely wasn't that. Um, So our neighbors directly next door to us were an elderly couple. And um, he used to, um, he used to live in the house that we were living in with his parents when he was a boy. And we found this out about two or three years later before we moved to, uh, to, to Canada. I was probably 16, 17, so maybe, maybe four years, five years. Just before we moved, we found that he, um, he used to live in the house. And as a boy, uh, my bedroom was his playroom, him and his sister. And uh, I think him and his sister, my bedroom was his playroom. Okay. So he'd come home from school. They'd be playing in the playroom and then his dad, okay, would get dropped off from work at the front street, walk up the garden path, okay, after work, knock on the window and wave to the kids playing, go through the gate and then come in the back door because he'd take all his dirty gear off at the back door. And when, <laughs> when we heard this, I just about lost it. <laughs> But it was certainly uh, an explanation as to what was uh, p- probably happening. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an explanation to me for sure. Yeah, so I, I'm just glad I was old enough, a bit older and a bit less uh, scared of the situation when I heard that um, answer. Um, and we didn't tell him what was going on because it was years years removed and he was uh, he was going through some stuff in his later years as it was, but... Uh, it was it was interesting to put the pieces together for sure. Yeah, definitely. So after that situation, did nothing else happened in England? I'm assuming. <clears throat> no, no, nothing else really happened in England. Um, All right. Well, I mean, walk us through uh, after you move to Canada. <laughs> um, what happened after you moved here, or I shouldn't say here, but to Canada? Yeah, so um we we uh we we decided to um my parents bought a piece of land, 100 acres and they wanted to build uh the dream home, log home on it. And uh excuse me. <clears throat> and so we had to rent a house to stay in for a year whilst this property was being built. So Everything around here is kind of expensive to rent. And <clears throat> with building a house, I guess my parents cheaped out and they just found the cheapest thing they could get to rent. 
and uh, found this old farmhouse that was pretty, pretty, pretty ratty. I'm going to say um, it was a new listing for a real estate agent in town, and she was renting it out cheap. And it was close by to where we were building, so I guess my dad said, "Yep, great, it'll, it'll do the trick." <clears throat> so I, I'm going to say I was. I was probably 18, around 18. My sister was 16. So we were going to high school in, in, in the town there where we lived. Uh, my parents were busy working and building this house. We're renting this farmhouse and um, just creepy things would start to happen in this farmhouse. Um, I, I think the, I think the first experiences and I'm, I'm trying to, put them in chronological order here is kind of tricky, but <clears throat> when my, when my family actually started to come together and say they'd each experience weird things was well into our stay. We kind of all experienced stuff and, and didn't really say anything to each other because we thought we were crazy, but you would, you would hear your name being called over your shoulder, whispered, um, on several occasions, um, my mom was upstairs and I, I thought I heard her calling me and say, Hey, yeah, what, you know, what's up? Uh, what do you want? And no answer. I go upstairs, mom, what do you want? You called me. What do you want? No, I didn't call you. And that happened multiple times with each of us, you know, back and forth. So, you know, usual stuff you hear about in creepy old houses, experiences, right? <clears throat> And then it was, uh, it was a really hot summer and I couldn't sleep upstairs. It didn't have air conditioning. So I slept on the main floor on a couch pull out and, uh, we had a little chihuahua and the chihuahua slept downstairs too. And in the middle of the night, you'd hear this chihuahua, which is completely out of character not a not a young chihuahua, he'd get up and he'd run around, run up and down the hall like he was playing. <clears throat> and you know, I, I just, I thought it was just bizarre. And I didn't get up, you know, I'd yell at him, you know, get in your bed. But he'd get up and he'd run around playing, which was odd. That was one odd thing. Another thing was... Uh, a little creepier, I would hear, we'd leave the doors open, like the main door to the, the back door and the front door, we'd leave those two doors open and leave just the mesh screen, you know, you'd have a screen, screen door. Yeah. Yeah, we'd leave that open just to allow the air to, to circulate through. <clears throat> but on, I'd say two or three occasions, uh, I distinctly heard them, you know, you know the spring on those doors, and they creak a little bit. Yep. Heard open, and then footsteps, very light footsteps, um, through the house, and then the back door screen open and close. And it was at that point that I said, "I, I gotta, I gotta speak to my family. Something's going on here. This is weird." And I confronted them the next day in the kitchen 
and told them that. And they both kind of had this, my, sorry, my, my mom and my sister, I would, I would talk to more about this stuff. My dad is, I would say less inclined to get into the whole spooky, uh, there's a ghost in the house kind of stuff. He just, he, he would say, uh, he, he, he's a very spiritual Christian guy, but, um, he, I, I, I don't know. He, he, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he'd admit that, that, that the house that he was living in would potentially be haunted. It would be like a spiritual failure or something to him. But, um, so I'd speak to my mom and my, my sister, I spoke to them first and they said, yeah, you know what? I've been hearing things. I've been hearing my name called a little too often. And my sister said that she uh, was asleep and she thought the cat was sitting up on the end of her bed on her, on, on the bed and indenting the bed a little bit, uh, which wasn't the case. Um, she checked, look for the cat, no cat. Um, she, she had some weird stuff happening. And, um, so I told them about the, the, the footsteps through the house and yeah, they just, they lost it a little bit. That was creepy. But, uh, if I, I got about three or four more 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 instances uh, from from the farmhouse. If you want them, yeah, I absolutely do. Now I just want to ask you before you yeah. go to the next one. Now you you said your mom and your sister about lost it when you told them, but how are you? I mean, you you were around eighteen years old. What were what was your reaction when you heard that? <sighs> I, I've always I, I like we've we've had a background of. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to give you the, the short version of, of what we've, uh, experienced, but my parents, um, my parents have, have been involved in the church, uh, in, in, in goodness, not even any particular church, but let's just say they've done a lot of deliverance and ministry with people. And I've learned from an, an early age about, um, the spiritual realm about um, about the occult, about uh, demonic uh, possession and spiritual oppression, about all these things, all these creepy things that everybody's chasing and trying to experience. And uh, does it really exist? And and you know, everybody everybody's looking forward to trying to prove it. And and the things that my parents. Uh, have been through with people and ministering to people, um, a ghost, a ghost story. It, it, it doesn't really, it didn't, it didn't really shock me and it didn't really freak me out. I, I, it, you know, it's still creepy on a, on a, on a, on a individual basis in the house late at night, sleeping on the main floor by yourself. You know what I mean? But I, I put it down to it being a ghost and, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't too shocked or too freaked out about it um, because I knew what it was. Like we knew what it was and we know how we, I believe we, we knew how to fix it if it was a ghost. And so it took, it took these experiences and a couple more that I'll get into to convince my dad that, yeah, perhaps there is something going on here. Um, spiritually. Um, does that answer my question? 
No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, the other th- another thing that convinced us that was something going on is the real estate agent only had one key, and um, it, w- it was one key for one door that we all had to share. Uh, for the meantime, I think she was getting some cut or she didn't get around to it or whatever it was. I can't remember why, but we only had one key to use. So we'd all have to use this key. And then we had a big wraparound porch of this farmhouse with, uh, you know, wooden beams that you could sit stuff up on top all the way around. So we, we would, we agreed on a spot to put the key. We'd all lock the door when we left, put it up on the spot leave. So when somebody comes back, they know where it is, right? Simple. The key would move all the way around the porch in all kinds of different spots. And we'd yell at each other, like, why do you put the key there? Like, like stop being a goof. And, you know, we'd all admit, that we'd all, you know, argue. No, we, I, I put it back where we're supposed to put it. So this key was dancing all the way around the porch, finding new spots to, uh, to sit. And one time, in fact, I reached up for the key. I had to find the key, got the key, and it was bent in an, in an actual U, like in a complete U. It was bent. I had to like carefully straighten it out uh, just to get in the house. It was wild. Well, see that that sounds like. I mean, if you know people are listening to this, I imagine they're thinking, "Well, it sounds like whatever's in that house doesn't want you coming in." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it didn't want me coming in, but maybe it did. It didn't mind my mom coming in because she had what I think is the coolest experience. Um, the bathroom, the main floor bathroom in this house, um, uh, the bathroom window. Okay, so the the practical side of the house. You know what I mean by practical, like the where the driveway leads up and it's got a porch right. and the front door and the back door. The practical side of the house is nice and open. And, but the back side of the house, there was no back side of the houses. It was just bramble bushes and thorn bushes, basically overgrown all the way up to the side of the house. So the bathroom window in this house, you open the bathroom window, it was just basically right into thorn bushes. Um, so my mom was cleaning uh, the bathroom one day with a bucket and she had a, like a washcloth in the bucket. She'd finished cleaning. She opened up the bathroom window and she, she you know, chucked out the dirty water into the bushes. <clears throat> and she didn't realize that she'd thrown a cloth out with the water and it was in the bushes and she thought, oh, screw it. It's just an old cloth. cloth. I'll leave it. So uh, I don't know if it was the next day or later that day. She went back into the bathroom and the cloth was wrung out and on the other side of the window sitting on the windowsill. And she thought, Oh, that's odd. What one of the kids must've for some reason been in the thorn bushes back there and must've picked the cloth up and left it on the windowsill. And when, of course, as she asked us, and there's no way we would have done that. So she asked my dad, of course, wasn't him. So whoever it was or whatever it was had picked up this cloth, wrung it out, and left it on the windowsill for her. Wow. So and that, that's bizarre. 
Yeah, no, it's very bizarre. <laughs> you know, I think I think I was talking to Lindsay the other day. I, I think Lindsay brought this up to my attention, or she asked me this question, and I'll ask you this question because I thought it was a very interesting question to ask. So people they'll say things like, you know, something moved in the house, or I'll, I put something somewhere, and then I came back the next day, and it was moved to the other side of the room. In those moments, in those actual moments where the object is being moved from one location to another or the key being bent, do you think that it is happening in the physical where it's literally being lifted up and just like floating across a room or the, 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 the towel was floated across the, 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 gra- the ground and wrung out and then put on the windowsill? Or do you think it might be an interdimensional thing where all of a sudden it just appears, like disappears and appears in another location? No, I, I think it physically moves in front of your eyes if, if you were there to see it. Um, I don't know, obviously don't know how it does that. My mom um, ministered to somebody in England who was um, trying to get out of satanic ritual abuse and uh, we're trying to get out. She's a victim of it. And <clears throat> whoever these Satanists were um, didn't want her to leave, and she wanted out. And so she was in a state of demonic uh, possession and then uh, freedom from it. And then it was like a battle back and forth day after day. And it went on for years. And one of the times she was ministering one of the um, days she went to this lady's house to uh, to just check on her or minister or whatever she was doing. Um, she, 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 she was in the kitchen with this woman and this woman kind of blacked out of reality and the drawer in the kitchen opened and knives came out of the drawer and flew across the room and my mom didn't tell me much more than that, but she, yeah, she, she witnessed this happening. And so, yeah, I mean, physical objects flying and elevating, levitating and moving like that. I think it's, it's part of the, it's part of the, uh, the tricks or the abilities that the supernatural realm, um, can manipulate in our reality when, when, when they're able to. Yeah, no, I, I actually tend to lean that way myself. I mean, I definitely am very (laughs) open-minded and understand that there's, there's other dimensionals and, or dimensions. And within those dimensions, there are things that operate, you know, but I, I, I just tend to lean the way you lean when it, when it comes to something physical in our, dimension that is being moved from one location to another supernaturally i do think it's actually physically being moved like if you were to be there or you had a video camera you'd actually see it moving uh but it's very interesting to uh think about some of these things because when and i'm not an expert obviously i'm not an expert i'm a truck driver but uh when when you think i am um but when you think about quantum physics not physics but quantum physics yeah. There's some freaky stuff that happens there because like light will react a certain way continuously until you lay eyes on the the action 
and all of a sudden the light will react a different way. Like the only thing that changes in the environment is a human being's physical eyes looking at the right. re- at the at the reaction of the test that they're or experiment that they're doing, and the light reacts to the presence of a human's eyes looking at it. Yeah, that's I got you. incredible. Yeah, yeah. That is incredible, and it's something that yeah. we just don't understand. Like science can't explain that, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, and like it takes a lot for my brain to wrap my head around that for sure, and. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's it's puzzling. I, I, I that's all I can say. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't even know how I got, I got off on that. Um, my apologies, but no. so the farm the farmhouse had you know a lot of that stuff going on. Uh, you mentioned how your dad wasn't the kind of person that would really go for the whole idea that his house could be possibly haunted because of where he stood <laughs> yeah. with his faith and everything. Did you guys yeah, ever talk it, to him? Did he ever come around to that idea? Yeah, you know what? It's funny, and that's kind of how it resolved. Um, um, well, a couple, a couple more little things. Um, I would, I would, I would wake up uh, in 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 the in, in the night fighting with my blankets, like something was trying to rip my blankets off, and I'm like, I'm like half in and out of sleep, right? And I'm not fully awake, but I have very, like each morning I'd wake up and I was like, man, I was resting my blankets. And I'd look down and my blankets would be on the floor on the other side of the room. That happened multiple times. And that was odd. Um, another thing was that that chihuahua that we had, um, it actually disappeared. Um, it disappeared from the property there. It went out, so my mom let it out and it doesn't go far. It's a chihuahua. It's, it's, it's barely a dog. So it doesn't, it doesn't go far away from the house to go for a pee. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 it went out and she's, she's always, my mom's like a big animal person. She's always mindful to, to keep an eye on them when they go out at night because coyotes and whatever, you know, you never know. But it, it went off scuttling into the bushes and, and didn't come back. It was, it was pretty odd. Um, but then, yeah, sorry, back to, um, unless you had a question about any of that. No, go ahead. I mean, I'd like to hear the rest yeah. of this. Yeah, so my dad, he finally, he, he, he realized, yeah, you know, there's something more to this than, um, than just crazy kids and, and crazy wife. Uh, he he prayed about it and, and he, um, yeah, he, 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 he believed that there was something up. Um, he also, I, I don't know in which order, um, this happened, but he prayed through the house and he, uh, he, he basically, um, the way I, I believe the way that he and my mom do it, is to pray um, like you're leading somebody in prayer, like uh, to 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 give their lives to to the Lord, and um, almost like becoming a, a, a new believer or a Christian. And I mean that goes down a whole another 
rabbit hole of why the Argos. But anyway, he, he, he prayed in an open, warm, inviting way to anybody who was in the house who maybe didn't know why they were there or didn't really want to be there and wanted to lead them to the Lord and explain that, you know, they, they, there, was, there was somebody bigger and greater there who was waiting for them to uh, dedicate their lives to to, to him and that you could move on from this place and be with, uh, be with the Lord in heaven. And <clears throat> this is, this is what he did basically. And, uh, things stopped after this and it was, it was, it was normal. It was calm, uh, in the house. And it was when it's always when we move that we find out what's going on with the house. But when towards the end of our lease for the year, um, I, I guess when they were wrapping up the paperwork on the place, she, the real estate agent, my, my parents asked us some questions. And again, it's like it's not a big deal to my parents um, if the place is haunted because they they get it and and they helped it to end, right? So, but the, in in asking questions, um, there was before we moved in a little old lady called Minnie Baker and she died in the home and had lived in the home. Uh, I want to say since she was a little girl and, uh, her, she died. I think she was a hundred when she died. So this little old lady, Minnie really didn't want to leave the house and loves the little chihuahua, I'm guessing. I'm just putting, I'm just guessing here. But um, yeah, that that was the story. And yeah, hopefully Minnie is in a better place playing with chihuahuas again. (laughs) Happy endings. So so I wanted to ask you though, because this is something I did want to ask you. Yeah. You said you were wrestling with your covers. Now, was that something that you consciously knew you were doing in the moment, or was it something that you were sleeping and kind of like when you woke up, you realized that you were all twisted up and that was your conclusion? No, no. You know, I, I could could very well be reading more into it than just a, 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 a restless night. But I, I felt like I was... You know when you um, when you you sleeping you, you got your wife next to you and you kind of tug in she's tugging the, the the duvet one way and you have to like fight it back a little bit and you kind of half in the sleep half in the daze but you know it's happening yeah well, I don't know maybe that's just that's just me um, but it was kind of like that it was it was it was I knew I was pulling against something but I wasn't concerned enough to wake up and see if it was really happening in the room with me. Um, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I, um, I recently, um, I, you know, I do interviews all the time and I recently talked to somebody who said that their, uh, mattress was moving, uh, while they were right. sleeping on it. And, they they would wake up in the morning. Their mattress would be turned in complete opposite direction as to when they went to sleep. And um, I have a uh, take on that, but <laughs> yeah. And um, 
there's also another person that you know said to me that they actually had something pulling them off the bed at night and it's um right and even your sister and the whole indent on the bed thinking it was the cat at first like i like i've just recently i'm talking within the last week or two i've been hearing a lot of the similar stories like what you're telling me and i just i'm i'm one per i'm the kind of person that i don't really believe in coincidences anymore i used to a lot but the more i talk to people the more i'm thinking there's not so many coincidences as there are just parallel situations no, they're really on. I, 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 am a believer that there's, there's a reason behind everything. Um, and yeah, I, I guess in, in my instance, <clears throat> I mean, we were dealing with mini Baker, a hundred year old, little old lady who was probably pretty harmless and needed to move on. I, I, I in my belief is that if you don't know God, uh, and in this this life, and uh, you, you you're an atheist or you don't have a belief. Um, I think you're you're held uh, when you die. You 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 got nowhere to go. And until a later date, when things get sorted out, um, you know you know what I mean. Um, you're you're in this state of uh, you're in this mid mid level realm of the dead where you can't go up and you can't go down and you're a ghost and you're stuck and you're confused. And I think you have some angry ghosts and I think you have some confused ghosts and I think, uh, and then there's a whole nother level where uh, you get into the demonic and demonic manipulation of human spirits when they're stuck in this position, this, uh, this realm of the dead. Um, and, and then you get into, okay, well, what gives these, these, these ghosts or these demons rights to manipulate my reality in my house, in my bed when I'm sleeping? Okay. Well, there, there, there are supernatural laws of, heaven and hell and the realms of the dead, just like there's gravity. And if you break any of these supernatural spiritual laws on earth in our time, you can open yourself up to some of these supernatural problems. And I think that's what a lot of people are experiencing. Uh, some, sometimes they, they do it voluntarily sorry, voluntarily, and other times they, uh, it's an accident. And some of these accidents uh, are what, what you're probably hearing about, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand and follow what you're saying. Now, before um, we close out the show, you have another instance that happened at a church, right? Yeah, so we were going to... Um, we were going to a little church, um, really nice, down to earth. I mean, we're not big in the whole, how do I say this? There's, there's a lot of churchiness that goes on and a lot of politics in church that we just don't want to have anything to do with. Things like memberships and and church structures and, 
you know, all this junk that church has become. And we don't believe in that. Uh, we believe that church is a mutual gathering place for people to learn and people to, to help each other and, and get, get closer to God and, and, and sharpen their spiritual tools and, and learn practical things and walk the walk and do things, um, do the good works that we were uh, commanded to do, should we say. And so we found this little church that kind of, um, described to this, uh, uh, better than others, shall we say. And we, we were attending this church and, um, um, I don't want to give too much away. Um, the, the, the pastor and his wife had been there for, I want to say 17 years as, as the leadership, as the leaders of the church. And for about 15 years, <clears throat> the pastor's wife had been quite ill and she'd had, uh, like, uh, like it was getting worse as time had moved on, but, um, it was like fiber, fibromyalgia. Yeah, I think it was that. Uh, or it was an it was an autoimmune illness, and so she was very run down all the time. She had better days than others, and <clears throat> I'm just trying to get the uh, get my bearings here. It's the story. Um, so. My my mom and dad, I guess, were were working with the pastor and his, his wife a little bit um, at their request to kind of do some ministry and, and 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 because my my parents had quite an extensive background with that stuff, like I'd already said, and the pastor uh, was wanting to learn more and maybe get some ministry for his for, for him him and his wife and trying to figure out, you know, if this is beyond. Uh, sickness and and we're to believe that um, we should be healed from this stuff and what, what what's going on and so through uh, prayer and 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 kind of meditating on the word and um, uh, and praying about it the pastor received a a word and it was the word was was uh, was baphomet. And he had no experience of Baphomet. He didn't know what Baphomet meant. Um, he had to look it up. And when he looked it up, he was shocked. And uh, so I think, I think with, he then spoke to my, my dad and said, you know, I've had this word. I've had this word Baphomet. And as soon as dad heard, he, he puts the pieces together, right? And he's like, okay, well, you know, have you had anybody new in the church or has, has anybody brought anything and, and given you anything um, that you can remember, like anything out of place, anything odd, any gifts, anything like that? And I guess he prayed about it again. And I think, I think, I think, I think God said uh, yeah, a painting something like a painting okay and he had this so we looked around and he couldn't figure it out but he, he he looked around his office in the church and 
he had this uh, this drawing of um, of Jesus and uh, uh, the three crosses, okay, on the on the hilltop, and Jesus upon this cross, and it was quite a big drawing, and it was done in pencil, and he kind of picked it, he had a weird feeling, he picked it up, and he's kind of looking at it close, and he's turning it around, he's like, I wonder if this is, this is, this is it, and like, if this is, if this is the drawing, or this is, he just felt led to look at this drawing, okay, so he starts turning it around and looking at it sideways and he turns it upside down. And as he turns it upside down, he notices that woven into the pencil drawing, it, woven into Jesus's beard is this, this the picture of the, the Baphomet. It clearly depicted, drawn into his beard upside down and the crosses uh, that were in the eyes of Jesus I guess the artist had done. So when you're looking at it upright, there's crosses in his eyes, as like in the pupils, which is kind of creepy as it is. But so when, and there's another cross in the beard as well, and lined up symmetrically. So when you flipped it upside down, there's the image of a bathmat drawn into Jesus' beard, and above it were, uh, or sort of. Uh, Below it were the three crosses you could see uh, upside down, inverted crosses. And he recalls that when he and his wife took up uh, the position in the church, he did have a visitor come to the church for a few Sundays. And after a few weeks, she brought this painting that she wanted him to have. And oh, it's just her drawing. And, you know, he, appreciative and grateful he hung it up on his, in his office and he had been there ever since. Any questions? Wow. Yeah. So, all right, listen, um, this is a very real thing that happens. And I want you and the audience to understand that churches do get cursed churches do have spells cast on them and the um the occult and uh groups like that do try to infiltrate churches to split them up uh and two of the most common ways they do that is through gossip and some kind of sexual immorality a lot of times it involves you know, a younger teenage girl in the church kind of thing, something that's really emotional. But they, this is something that is, has been talked about. I've, he- I've heard an ex-Satanic priest talk about how he used to do this over a hundred times. He's done yeah. this personally. Yeah. And so, and I have other people that have told me personally some things, I, and, and now you're just added to the list. Like that lady who gave him that picture was up to no good. Oh yeah, no yeah, there, good. There, there, there was an agenda there for sure. Um, the other interesting <clears throat> point is um, 
that the the town in which uh, this this church sits is the highest point in our province, which from a spiritual occultist uh, perspective is an area of significance, I believe. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you've had any knowledge or have any knowledge of that kind of stuff, well, but vaguely, uh, <laughs> vaguely I do, uh, but nothing to speak confer- uh, to speak you know, yeah. positive on. Uh, I I just do know that you know throughout the biblical narrative, uh, mountains are a very big uh, deal, a bigger deal than what people give them credit to. Um, a lot of things happen at the top of mountains and uh, a lot yeah, of supernatural yeah. things. And so I, that's the kind of angle I would think on off the top of my head. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so when he saw this in, in, in the painting, of course he got rid of it immediately. <clears throat> and within a week of just throwing it out, discreetly throwing it out, he received in the mail a letter, letter-headed Church of Satan in this town. And he obviously didn't open it, but it's just mind-blowing to, <laughs> to learn of a situation where something like this happens and it's just clear evidence of... Uh, you know, supernatural occult um, oppression, basically. Yeah, and you know that that should really kind of be eye-opening for everybody. Really, that the fact that they sent him a letter shortly after he got rid of that picture, they probably knew that he got rid of it. There was probably some kind of entity attached to it, uh, some kind of uh, yeah entity attached to that picture. And that they were attached to and, and understood that the picture was found out. I, yeah, I think it was, probably, it was probably used as a portal. A portal for uh, getting in and out of the church. Um, and because they astral project and... Absolutely. Um, they, a, de- a demonic portal too, so there could be entities, energies... Uh, a, a spiritual oppression in the church. Um, yeah, very, very interesting um, story. And, you know, just for people to really realize that if you're sitting on the fence and you're trying to, you're listening to this for uh, for, for kicks and you're, you're getting interested in, in, in this subject and you're thinking about trying to get your own experiences and you're kind of leading toward the supernatural um, way to find this versus, say, go out and find a, a Bigfoot or, or go and look in the sky for UFOs. The occult is probably the last place you want to start for getting supernatural experiences. Um, it's very real and it's very real power and it's, it's something that is difficult to undo once you open that door. And, um, I, I've seen it and I've seen what people go through to get away from it and get out of it. 
some people are, are, are lucky and others aren't. No, I absolutely agree with you. And what you just said is absolutely true, that there is real power involved in this, uh, and it's not good power. Uh, and like you said earlier, I think you were talking about how, what your mom and dad did. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard to get out once you're in. Uh, there, there's mm-hmm. people who have gotten out, but they got out by leaving town and disappearing for years because if they were found, they would be killed. That sounds like mm-hmm. the mob, but it's very much a reality when it comes to some of these occults and uh, uh, these uh, sects that people are involved in, mm-hmm. uh, especially it depends on how deep you're involved in it. I mean, there's different levels to everything. And if you're you know, high up in there like a priest or something, to get out is pretty much to disappear because there's no leaving, just walking out the door. And even disappearing. I mean, you might be able to disappear from your, your physical uh, church of state members that you're, you're used to seeing. But the spiritual level, you're, uh, you're still open game for the spirit realm. And you can be haunted and demonized wherever you go. And uh, for the, in the instance that my mom was dealing with, there were people astral projecting into her, into her house, into her bedroom. And just the most hideous, awful things you can think of were happening, that you can think ha- could happen were happening. And you, you can't control that. You can't control that with policemen. You can't control that with, uh, you can't have somebody stay up all night and watch you. Um, there's a spiritual uh, level that people don't understand. And the spiritual side will haunt you and pester you and scare you. And if, for as long as you, you let it happen. Um, and that's the other side to, to consider. Yeah, Absolutely. Those are some uh, great advice there, man. Yeah. But, uh, Nate, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing some of these stories. Uh, that last one got me all riled up because it's, it's in my wheelhouse. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, you know where to get a hold of me if you ever have any other stories to share. Yeah, I certainly do. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll keep it pretty uh, plain and simple from now on now i know what i'm looking for absolutely man all right man well take care all right yeah you too thanks Tony. bye bye well that's the show everybody i really hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions comments or concerns or a story you'd like to share with me to get on the confessionals go ahead and email me at the confessionals podcast at gmail.com that's the Confessionals Podcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. If any of you listen to the show on iTunes, please go ahead and rate and review the show. That helps us a lot to stay relevant on iTunes. And if you really enjoy the show, I'd much appreciate it if you would share the show on social media. Share with your friends and hashtag it the Confessionals Podcast so I can see who is sharing our show. Until next week, friends. Take care.